You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready to be challenged by the Word of God? Hallelujah. If you're visiting with us for the first time, please stand to your feet. If you can make this declaration with us, this is our custom in Household of Christ to declare the Word before we preach the Word. Amen. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, turn to the person next to you say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Say, it's so nice to see your smile without a mask. Amen. Hallelujah. For almost two years, we had to smile with our eyes. Amen. Because a mask was covering our face. Amen. I want to share a message today. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. There are so many distractions today, so many things happening around us that causes people to lose their focus. Many things in the past few years, many people feel like they've missed out on opportunities when we were in lockdown. People talk about FOMO, the fear of missing out. Amen. Some people just got it naturally. When you feel you've missed out on something, oftentimes you want to take shortcuts to get where you're supposed to be. Don't take shortcuts. Allow the process to shape you, to form you so that God's name can be glorified in you and through you. What is this thing in people's hearts that they feel, I'm missing out, I'm going to miss my moment? Because oftentimes we look at things from a worldly view. A worldly perspective that we have when we look at things, instead of realizing that with God, there's a time and a season for everything. He makes everything beautiful in its time. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says, There's a time and a season for everything. There's a time to labor, and there's a time to reap the product of grace. Your hard work when God rewards it. Can I tell you something? The past two years have gripped people's hearts in fear that they're doing less good Because they're looking after the good of themselves. If you're looking for a moment to do good or the appointed time to do good, it will never come. You must work that time. You must make it happen. My late father always said, almost every morning, he would say to me, don't wait for things to happen make things happen. There's no specified time to do the right thing or to do good. It can come at any time 
and you can miss it. There's an appointed time for everything. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Look at what the Bible says, verse 11. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to some. No, happen to them all. Verse 12, for men also does not know this east time, like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. Turn to the person next to you, say verse 11, right time, right place. Now turn to the person on the other side, say verse 12, wrong place, wrong time. It's required of us to be at the right time doing the right thing. The Bible teaches us here it's not the fastest person that's going to win the race. It's not the strongest person that will have victory in the battle. It's not the person that's first in his class that might be the most successful person in life. It's not the person with the most wisdom that will have the most money. But he says opportunity and chance will come to all. Because God chooses grace rather than work so that no man should boast. You'll often find somebody that doesn't even have a matric being successful at business. Because God chooses grace rather than works. But you have to wait for that moment. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't miss your moment. It's important to be at the right time at the right place. The young adults had a gathering on Friday night. Friday night was the right place at the right time. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand for the young adults. I heard you had a lot of fun. We all know the story of David that committed adultery of how he murdered somebody. But do you know why that happened? When you go and you read 2 Samuel 11, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says it happened in the time of spring, at the time when kings go out to battle or when kings go out to war, the one translation says, at the appointed time when kings go out to war, David didn't go with him, but he sinned. Two of his generals. They even had the victory. So from a natural point of view, you would think this was successful. But the Bible says he remained in Jerusalem. He was supposed to be at work, but he stayed at home. And because he was at home doing nothing, he started walking around doing things that he's not supposed to do. When you're just hanging around at home when you're supposed to be working or doing something, soon you'll be on the internet looking at things you're not supposed to be looking at. Connecting with people you're not supposed to connect with. 
And from a natural point of view, you think I'm just having a relax in time, taking a break. David was at the wrong place, his house at the wrong time. And it led to adultery. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't miss your moment. It was the appointed time for kings to go out to war. He missed his moment. What God has called you to do, are you busy with it? Are you busy with what God has called you to do? If God has called you to be a king and it's time to go out to war, go do that. Students, it's your time now to study. It's not your time to party. Can I have one amen from the young people? Amen? If you party now while you're supposed to study, later on when it's your time to party, you'll be studying. It's important to understand times and seasons. If you understand your time and your season, you'll be busy with what you're supposed to be busy with. You cannot jump the gun. There's no shortcuts when it comes to destiny. You have to be in sync with God, walking with God. You can want to do the right thing, but it can be the wrong time. Young adults, it can be Mr. Perfect, the right man, but it's the wrong time. It won't work. Amen? Don't get frustrated and in a hurry. Young adults, just blink at me. You don't have to say amen. Just, just double blink. Amen? <laughs> we live in a complicated world. It's very complicated. And timing is everything. Sometimes, young people, you want to ask your dad the right thing. But your mother will warn you, it's not the right time. You can ask the right thing at the wrong time and get a no. Amen? Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Proverbs says, within our hearts we make the plans concerning our future. But it's the Lord that chooses the steps you will take to get there. Joseph thought he had it all planned out, the steps. Got the amazing color dream coat on. It's an easy way to the place where my brothers will just bow before me. But Lord said, no, there's going to be a process that you're going to have to f- go through. Don't miss your moment. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, right time, right place. Many things in life is all about planning. Even God ordering your steps. The last few years, many people are watching all these food programs where they bake and everything and oftentimes if you don't follow the right steps that whole cake will fall flat if you take it out of the oven too soon it's going to taste awful if you leave it in too long it's just as awful timing is everything amen timing is very important when I got married to Belinda I thought, well, I'm marrying a pastor's wife. I knew God had called me. I thought, we're going to start a church immediately. When I prayed and I said, God, how long should we wait before we start a church? He said, 10 years. I said, what? 
God, I'm sure faith acts now, believes now, receives now. I'm ready now. He said, 10 years. Guess what? 10 years. Turn to the person next to you, say, don't jump the gun. It's important to do the right thing at the right time. Young people, students, getting involved in the youth, getting involved with the young adults, parents taking your children to children's church. It's a season in their life that they need. They don't know what you know. They've not read the scriptures you've read. They've not gone what you've gone through. So let them be shaped by the word of God while they have the opportunity. Teach your children what time belongs to God. Success is all about timing. Many people compliment Belinda and myself often about our children serving God in the ministry here with us every Sunday. And I thank God for that grace. But let me tell you something. My children in their entire life have never missed a church service here. Obviously, if there's been a crisis and they've been sick and those kind of things, Nana looked after them. Amen. But if we've been here, they've been here. If a children's party was at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, the timing was not right for the party. Can I have one amen, parents? You don't have to do it. I'm just telling you what we've done. Because if you teach your child to give the time to God that they don't need, you are planting a seed in their heart that is not good. Amen? Then later on when they don't want to go to church, you ask why. Children, let me just tell you something. This is just me. Maybe I'm old school. It's your parents' house. It's your parents' rules. If they go to church on a Sunday morning, then you join them. Amen? It's not my chill time, because that chill time can become dangerous time. Amen? Can I have one smile from a teenager, please? The Bible teaches us in the book of Chronicles, the sons of Issachar had understanding of times and seasons so that they could instruct Israel as a type of the church. We have to give the church instruction to understand what time and season we find ourselves in. When you know your season, then your mind won't run this way and that way. As a student, if it's your time to study, you know that's your season. Your heart cannot be at peace to know that now I have to study. It's not my time to party or to socialize or to do whatever. Every single thing has a rhythm. Everything has a rhythm. When you go to the doctor, the first thing they'll ask you is, let's see, what's your pulse? What's your heart rate? They want to see what's your rhythm. Amen? When you meet that Mr. Perfect... Your heart rhythm goes up. Excitement. Amen. It's showing you there's a moment going on here that's getting you excited. Amen. 
There are many of you, you've been doing the right thing. You've been planting the right seed. You've been at the right place at the right time. But it still feels like there's so many bad things here around you. Amen? Person can get frustrated if you're doing the right thing the whole time, being at the right place, but you still see all these things happening around you. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't miss your moment. Tell them again, say, don't miss your moment. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew 13. You know, little did I know when God said to me, wait 10 years, that there's many things in my life that will work with 10-year cycles. So now I'm excited about 10-year cycles. Amen. Next year, the church will be 20 years. Amen. Guess what that is? 10 times 2. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Are you ready for 10 times 2? Amen. Are you there? Matthew chapter 13. I'm reading from verse 24. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Wow. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. Many times you're doing good. You have surrendered your heart, the field, to God. There's good seed going in. And suddenly you become aware of bad things. But you've not been doing anything bad. Raise your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. Suddenly, out of nowhere, you know Jesus loves you. You feel like nobody loves you. You know you are fearfully and wonderfully made. But suddenly there's insecurities. You know Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And here the enemy comes, he says, you've got no hope. You'll never amount to anything. There's no chance for you. You see Psalm 139 that says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in God's image and likeness. And suddenly you have insecurities about yourself. I'm not beautiful. Nobody loves me. I'm weird. I'm funny. I'm different. Am I talking to the right people here? This is enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tears also appeared. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How many times do we question the goodness of God? God, did you not say you're going to do good? God, did you not say you're going to make my way straight? You're going to make it smooth? How then does it have tears? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. Then the servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tears, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. But he said, no, 
lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. That's instruction in righteousness. Sometimes when we find ourselves in a complicated situation, we need the wisdom of God. I want to start by saying this. God says, Jesus teaching this parable, he said, the kingdom of God is like this. He says, in this kingdom, God is planting good seeds. John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come to give you life and life in abundance. What does that mean? It means that even when you are busy doing good, when you are seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, there's going to come things against you that's going to be contrary to the word of God. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a complicated world, but you have to manifest the kingdom of God. Can I tell you something? This is the most important time in your life. When God is starting to plant good seeds in your life, you are confessing the word of God, good things in your life. You're starting to experience God's righteousness, not just positionally, but experientially. You're starting to experience that in your life. And suddenly, unrighteousness manifests here next to you. You say, where did this come from? I've not done anything, and your heart wants to condemn you that you've done something wrong. But there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He says the kingdom of God is like this. You know what's very interesting is that when he sowed the good seed, there was no bad seed. It's when he sowed the good seed, then the bad seed came. Where there's honey, it will attract bees and insects. Amen? So don't be surprised when you see an insect. And people are not insects. Amen? Please, don't get me wrong. And don't call people weeds as well, because I think some of you are already thinking, I know some weeds in my life that's, that's bugging me. <laughs> no. <laughs> people are not your problem. Amen? Sin is our problem. We're of this world, but we're not in this world. Amen? So in this world... Jesus gave his disciples instruction and he said, I want you to manifest my kingdom. There's going to be evil things, but you manifest the good things. Amen? The greatest battle that you will fight is not the one on the outside, on the inside. When you want to love Jesus and you want to love people, and now suddenly there's an offense. Sometimes... These things just happen because of the enemy wanting to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. You come to church, you hear a message about the love of God, and God loves you, and you want to love people, and you want to love everybody. And Monday morning when you wake up, I wonder if anybody at church really loves me. And you suddenly have this insecurity in your heart. Am I talking to the right people here? Raise your hand if you've had some evil seed messing with your mind. Sometimes you don't even know where it's coming from. <laughs> Amen? You wake up after a wonderful weekend and suddenly these things in your mind. That's what the enemy will do. He will plant that seed and he'll leave it. Sometimes it's just a small little offense Leave that little seed and it starts to grow. Starts to grow. It starts to grow. 
Can I tell you something? Just because you are planting good seeds doesn't mean there's not going to be evil seed or weeds. You have to make a decision to surrender your heart to God completely. That's what it's really all about. The field is here. You'll be going through challenges here and people will not be even aware of it. Amen? I believe people want to do good. But sometimes because the enemy is there, it affects you so much that you look at the things around you, the evil, and it hinders you to do what you're supposed to do. Many people say they'll start doing good when all is good. Let me tell you something. If you're waiting for everything to be perfect before you're going to take action, you're never going to take action. Jesus never said, get yourself perfect, then come to me. He said, just come. Just come. It's going to take effort. You're going to have to be focused. You're going to have to put some energy in. Nobody accidentally just wins. Nobody just accidentally goes to the top. You're going to have to put in some effort. You're going to have to follow instruction in righteousness. Amen? When God says, don't do something, even when you tempt it, to do it, don't do it. When I was reading this, I was thinking, people are viewing this from a natural point of view. Jesus is saying to them, my enemy has done this. They said, the enemy? Well, okay, we'll just sort out what the enemy has done. We'll pluck it out. We'll uproot it. Ecclesiastes says there's a time for that. No. He said, no, don't do it. You have to understand the time and the season that you're in. Sometimes there are things in your life, listen to me, sometimes there are things in your life that you can deal with immediately. Sometimes to get certain things out of your life, which is not of God, can take a season. Everything that is not of God, work it out of your life. But sometimes you can do it like this. Sometimes it can take a week, sometimes a month. Sometimes it can take a year to get things out of your life, which is not of God. Amen? He's saying to us, if you want to value life where you find yourself in, look at the seed that you are sowing. Understand the time and the season. There's a time when that seed has just been planted, where there's no roots as yet. And if you remove it now, it can never grow. Amen? I think the, the thing about seed, you cannot plant something today and see the result tomorrow already. It's like friendships. Friendship, the time to build a friendship is not 12 o'clock at night when the paupers hit the fan. Amen? Your timing is out. It might be the right idea to be friends with that person, but it's the wrong time. In the daytime, build that friendship. There where you know God has placed you. Build those friendships that when you have a crisis at 12 o'clock at night, you can just phone them. Can I tell you something? A lot of great moments take a lot of time and sacrifice. Just think about a 100 meters, 100 meter dash. Everybody likes to watch the Olympics. It's less than 10 seconds of greatness, but probably a lifetime of sacrifice, training, muscle pains, vomiting, 
whatever, early mornings, late nights, for that less than 10 seconds of glory. Amen? So here is the revelation of the day. Who of you are busy planting good seeds for a good harvest? Who of you are entering into the promised land to possess what God has got for you? So listen to me. If you're entering into the promised land, in the promised land, there's always high walls. In the promised land, there's giants. And in the promised land, there's beasts. Sometimes we as Christians think when God says, yes, the promised land, you're just going to walk in and you have it. If you're planting good seeds, the Bible teaches us here, the kingdom of God is like this. When God is planting good seeds, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. The enemy is going to come and say, oh, there's an evil day coming for you. You've got no future. He's going to plan, plant the opposite seed. But you have to know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen. I want to tell you, yes, give the Lord a hand. Family, listen to me. That treasure of Jesus Christ, that seed of Christ that's been planted on the inside of you, when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and you became born again, that seed of Christ, Christ cannot sin. The Christ part is the perfect part about you that cannot sin. And 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says that you are linked up with Christ. So you have to allow that seed of Christ to shoot its roots, to grow and to have the rightful place in your heart so that it can start to manifest the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So when you decide to accept the good seed of Christ in your heart to be planted, guess what the enemy planned for you? He wants to put bad seed in this heart of you, of yours. He wants to put bad seed in here. Offense, bitterness, self-pity, doubt, unbelief. To squeeze that good word out so that you would doubt. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I facing so many challenges? Why are certain things so difficult? Things that you read that should just be so easy. When you confess and you believe that you receive, you will have it. Lord, I'm confessing, I'm believing. Now there's a battle. The next scripture. If you have anything against anybody, forgive them. Amen? Am I talking to the right people here? You want to hold on to faith. You want this incorruptible seed to manifest. But the enemy is planting all these things that you don't want and don't need. Many times, some people don't even need the enemy to plant bad seed. Some people grew up in homes where Bad seed were just planted in their hearts. You'll never become anything. You're just like this. How do you ever expect to be successful? Or you had a teacher at school that said certain things. Amen. And there's so many things planted here and you don't know where it's coming from. When people say certain things, you behave in a certain way and you wonder why. 
You're usually a very friendly, nice person, but certain people just, why are they doing it to me? They're not doing it to you. They're triggering it in you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's all about the heart. This incorruptible seed can never be corrupted. Listen to me. The bad seed, the evil seed, the weeds, whatever you want to call it, cannot affect the good seed, the incorruptible word of God in any way. He can contaminate the soil around it, but that root cannot affect it in any way. That's why the Bible says if that foundation has been laid, Jesus Christ says on no other foundation you can build that foundation, which is Christ Jesus or the root. Amen? Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the Bible, he says in Romans 17 verse 15, I don't really understand myself. He says, I want to do good, but I find myself not doing good. Instead, I do what I hate. Just double blink at me if I'm talking to the right people here. If you found yourself saying, today I'm going to go out and I'm just going to Jesus love everybody. The love of Christ that's in my heart is going to overflow to everybody. And before you've walked out of the back door, you're offended with a dog already. Paul says, I don't understand myself. There's something at work. It's the enemy. It's sin that is still here. And we have to deal with it. Amen. It's a season to give Jesus the rightful place in your heart. You know, I'm amazed sometimes when I sit with people privately and counsel them and give them advice then you realize how little people actually understand what this person is going through. You yourself have gone through things, battling with things on the inside, and people are looking at you and they're thinking, just a calm ocean. But on the inside, it's like 12 meter waves. <laughs> the kingdom of God is like a sower that sows the seed. Here's the good news. The seed of Christ. When you give Christ the rightful place in your heart, it's an incorruptible seed. 1 John 3, 9 says, Whoever is born again, whoever is born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is in my heart. Say, there may, may be funny things happening around me, but the seed on the inside is Christ. It cannot sin. You know what the enemy wants to do? Listen to me, Christians. In the past two years with COVID, the enemy cannot change the root. Cannot change the root. But he will try to uproot you. Cannot change the root. If the root of something is good... Even if a branch is broken off, the shoots that will grow will be healthy. But the enemy wants to uproot you. If he can uproot you, he can isolate you. So he'll put things around you to frustrate you. Amen? 
Listen to me. Frustrations can come from anywhere. It can come from inside a church, your family, your work. Let me just put it out there. You've prayed and asked God for the perfect job. He's given you the perfect job. And now that you're there at the work that God has given you, there's frustrations. And you say, I'm going to go. I've had enough. I'm going. But you ask God to put you there. Now that God has planted you there, now that there's some of the soil and the things around you, not the perfect condition, now you want to be uprooted. No. Turn to the person next to you say, stay planted. You know what the enemy did in the past two years? He isolated so many people that they don't want to come to church. You cannot even talk to them. Proverbs 18 says, a man that isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. When you remain planted, you can grow. The good news is the root of the righteous yields fruit. Whatever you've been going through, whatever weeds have been around you, whatever's been pushing against you, you will still have your harvest. Remain and keep your position in the righteousness of God. Amen? When you continue to plant righteous seeds, you'll have a righteous harvest. Sometimes to get rid of weeds is a process. In our prayer garden, we've seen so many of them. You know what's the amazing thing? You think you're watering the prayer garden. You're fertilizing the prayer garden. Lo and to behold, those weeds, they get, it's like they suck the water away. It's like they take all the fertilizer, that they're growing faster than the harvest. Now, sometimes you're tempted just to pull them out, but you'll damage the other things that have been planted as well. Amen? There's a message in that for you already. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. I want to close with this. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't miss your moment. Tell them again, say, don't miss your moment. The most important thing, if you understand that there's times and seasons, unless a, a weed of grain falls to the ground and it dies, it cannot yield the fruit that it must yield. Where God has planted you, remain planted. Amen? Listen to me. If God has called you to do anything in the kingdom of God, it will always be in and through the church. But if the enemy can move you every two years from this congregation to that congregation, you can never build strong, healthy relationships. You can never get planted. A pot plant can become a beautiful plant. You can move it around, put it in the sun, put it in the rain, put it in the shade, but it can never become strong and reach its full purpose while it's in a pot. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. Amen? There's something about being planted so that you can grow to your full potential. Amen. Can we have the picture of the weeds and the wheat? I want to show you something. Can we have that picture? You know what's the amazing thing there? When you look at that, the weeds and the wheat are growing together. 
So when you look at that harvest, it looks the same. I think there's a message in that, that there's a time and a season in your life where you'll say, what am I really different from other people around me? Why is it really worth serving God? But God says that we should wait out the season. Amen? If you go in now there and you just start pulling out, you're going to start pulling out the wrong stuff. Amen? Both of them look green. Sometimes even things in the world can look spiritual, can look like they're alive. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, wait for the right time. Genesis 8 verse 22 says, there's seed time and harvest. The matter of fact says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and winter, day and night will never cease. So whatever you're in right now, if you understand it's a time and a season, you know that it will change. That scripture teaches us that whatever you find yourself in, you can change by just planting different kinds of seeds. If you need more friends, you can start planting friendly seeds. Start planting smiles. If you say nobody ever smiles at me, why don't you start being the one to smile first? Smile, smile, smile. Seed time and harvest. Our hearts determine the harvest. Your heart determines the harvest. I'm going to close with this. Do you know what's the most amazing thing? God gives us a promise, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1 to 2. He says, we then, even when it talks about change, we being, it says, we then, as beholding into a mirror, we then, on your own, these things don't just happen. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time. In an acceptable time. So when is that acceptable time? That acceptable time is now. Amen? In acceptable time, I've heard you, and in the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, today is your day of salvation. Why? Because of what Christ has done on the cross. I'm not even going to the book of Acts. I'm not even going to the book of John where he talks about Kairos, where Jesus says to his brothers, your time is always here, but my time has not yet come. Acts says, the Father understands times and seasons. The big thing is Malachi 3 says, the time will come when we will be able to discern again who's of God and who's not of God. Malachi 3.17, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Hallelujah. Here's what starts to happen. Do you know what's the difference between wheat and weeds? Wheat, when it's gone through the process, a time comes where it starts to bow its head. And when it bows its head, you can see where the weeds are growing. And that's the difference. Weeds will always want to stand up straight. Me, I. But the harvest that God is coming for is a harvest that bows its head. When it was still growing, the weed's head was also up straight. There's a time in all of our lives when 
we are busy with God's things, but we're still a bit arrogant. It's still me standing up. But then it comes to a place where you know it's not about me. When you look at that, you, it seems like it's starting to die. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. It's not about me. It's about Him. Family, let me tell you something. When you get to the place where you bow your head, it's become the acceptable time for you. It's an acceptable time for you. 2 Kings says the remnant once again will have their roots downward and bear their fruit upwards. I truly believe it's a time for the church, those that have come in humility and sincerity of heart, bowing before God. It's our time for the harvest. It's our time for God to manifest every promise, every word that he has given you. It's that time for that harvest. Don't get to that place. Here's give the Lord a hand. Don't miss your moment. You've waited patiently. Now's the time for the harvest. If you've made that commitment in your heart and you've surrendered to God, it's become an acceptable time. This is your day of salvation. It's your day of healing. It's your day of breakthrough. God has ordained it for each one of you. I think the most important thing is to have a heart that has surrendered to God. Don't give Jesus the time you don't need, but give him the very best. At the pool of Bethesda, it was the person who got into the water first that got healed. That didn't limit Jesus for healing him. But ask yourself this question. If God said, I'm going to heal everybody who's here when we start singing the first song, how would that change your time management? If he said, Everybody that's here to sing the first word of the first song gets a breakthrough. How will that change your time management? Because God, time is so important. Don't give God the time you don't need. Tozer said, when you just want to kill time, just remember you can never resurrect that time. So use that time for the glory of God. Make a decision. The prodigal son, it wasn't that he was not going to get his inheritance. The timing was the issue. When he wanted it too early, he ended up with the pigs. Wait so that God will do what he wants to do. When you give Jesus the rightful place in your heart, everything changes. Give him that rightful place. Give him the rightful time. I want to say to parents, it's the time to teach your children to put God first so that when you are not here anymore, that they will still put God first. Teach them to plant those good seeds. The most important decision that you can make is to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you give him that rightful place, everything changes. Amen. I want every person to put their right hand on their heart, raise your other hand to heaven, and pray this prayer loud 
after me. Say, precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life well-pleasing in your sight. I am now a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are forgiven. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Your past is Egypt. It's a place of bondage. God is taking us out of Egypt into the promised land. Amen. If I can give you good advice, find a living church, get submitted and committed, get planted there. Matter of fact, if you've prayed that prayer and you from this vicinity, this area, we have to take responsibility for you to help you to grow in the things of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.